In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to clean our lives. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, one of the things that you may know if you're a guy in this church, if you've been going here very long, is that one of the urinals in our men's bathroom has a tendency of sticking every now and again. And when you flush it, every now and again, it just keeps on filling up with water. And eventually, what happens is that all of that water pools and then finally spills out onto the floor and then goes into the drain and we have to get a mop to make sure it all goes into the drain. And it's, it's really kind of a mess. And because of that, we have a sign on the bathroom wall. And that sign on the bathroom wall says, please wait 10 seconds to make sure that the bathroom, that, that the urinal stops flowing. And then underneath there, I put, because I created the sign, I put, gee, maybe it'd be a good idea to wash your hands while you're here. And I put that on there because I realized that nine out of ten times when there is a problem with the urinal overflowing, which doesn't happen that often, when there is a problem with the urinal overflowing, it is because somebody hasn't stuck around there for ten seconds. And so I decided that I would find out how long it took me to wash my hands. And even though there are health code things on how long you should wash your hands and at what temperature the water should be and all of that stuff, I said, okay, how fast can I get this done? Just as quickly as possible. And I got down to about 20 seconds. And I said, okay, I know that the urinal overflows at 10. I know that it takes me 20 to wash my hands. Therefore, if you read between the lines, when the urinal overflows, it is because somebody is in there and they have walked away without washing their hands. Look around. Actually, the worst case that we've ever had with this was one day, twice this happened. And you know who is here? A bunch of Lutheran pastors. Shameful. And sure, there's maybe other reasons too. Maybe maybe it overflowed and the person in there didn't know what to do and so they just ran for their lives because they knew that the flood was coming. And they didn't tell anybody because they were embarrassed. I I get that. There's other things that can be the case there. But I know that there is a problem with us washing our hands because I used to work in catering when I was in the seminary. And one of the rules that we consistently had to tell people that they had to do, keep in mind, this is catering. We are handling your food at your wedding. We had to consistently drum into people's heads, wash your hands. If you don't wash your hands after using the restroom, we will fire you 
on the spot. That was our policy. And it just struck me as odd. Why do we have to tell grown people to wash their hands if they're handling food especially? Because I get it. I, I, I get that, um, uh, that that some of you out there are probably like, well, I don't wash my hands because, well, I've never gotten anybody sick, or at least I don't know that I've gotten anybody sick. And, okay, I, I can see your point there. Just stay away from my daughter. Um, I, I can also see, uh, the, the and, and I have even gone into this one, uh, you, you're in the dirty gas station bathroom, and you look at the sink, and you go, that's probably dirtier than anything that I've handled recently. But, but there, there's this, this kind of uh, this thing where we don't want to wash our hands. And, and why don't we want to wash our hands? Uh, it, in fact, there, there's this scene on Everyone Loves Raymond where they do this great thing. I, I love it. And, and I think it's something that we all do. I've definitely, I confess, I have done this before. Where you go to the bathroom sink. And you turn on the water, and you go like this without ever getting your hands wet, and you turn it off just so that it sounds to other people like you're washing your hands. That is Phariseeism at its worst. But why, why, why don't we like to wash our hands? I think part of it is that sometimes the water is cold. Seriously. I don't like that feeling when my joints get all stiff and hurt a little bit because the water is so cold. I also I understand there's a level of expediency that plays a part there where it's like, well, that's 20 seconds that I can use to do something else. And so you go, well, I'm going to move on and do something else. And so you go, okay, cleaning is really just kind of not that important at this point. And that is so often the, the way that we live our lives, really, is we live our lives with this sort of sense that, well, there is some cleaning that is, an, that is important, and there is some cleaning that is, well, not quite as important. And so, depending on who you are, you might uh, decide differently on those different things that you think are important to clean, and those things that are, well, maybe not quite as important to clean. And it is an interesting phenomenon when you see in somebody's life or in your own life what you choose to clean and what you choose not to clean. And all of this cleansing talk that we have here in Second Peter has to do with this sense of cleaning and why cleaning is important and why cleaning is even actually good. Because we do like to be clean. There, there's even something about uh, being clean that I think is innate to us as human beings. And I can say that because uh, Cricket knows when she is has a dirty diaper. And she will cry out for... Liz and myself to uh, change the dirty diaper. We'll go through a few different uh, possibilities before then, but then we'll finally get around to what she is communicating is dirty diaper. I, I don't appreciate this. 
And, and there's other things. I, I mean, we enjoy that feeling of being clean. It, it, a lot of times it makes us feel attractive. It, it, you know, you can feel not quite so attractive, and then you can hop in the shower, and you can get out of the shower, and all of a sudden you're like, I am a supermodel. Well, maybe that's a little much, but you get the sense that, that all of a sudden you, f- you feel a little bit better about yourself. And uh, sometimes you, you, when you clean yourself, you, you get this sort of sense of, uh, that, that you can do something that maybe you couldn't do before. That uh, when, when you clean your room, finally you can study all of you procrastinators out there that are still not studying for finals. But really when it comes down to it, here's what cleaning is all about. Cleaning is really about value. And that's why Peter brings up this sort of sense of cleaning. Have you ever wondered why so much of cleaning has to do with throwing things away? In fact, the kids even provided me a great bonus illustration when they were talking about what cleaning the rooms were like, they talked about throwing away the trash. And what we're doing when we're cleaning is we're saying, we're making decisions really about this is, is valuable and I want to keep this and well, this isn't quite as valuable. I don't want to keep this. And so uh, when I'm cleaning out my bathroom sink, I'm looking at the sink and going, I value the sink. I don't really value the crusted toothpaste in this area and that. And so I'm going to clean that away. I'm going to get rid of that. I'm going to make the sink more pure by throwing away all of the stuff that is making the sink impure. And so we, we get into this thing of, of making decisions. It, it, even in our cliches about cleaning, have you ever wondered about the cliche, throwing away the baby with the bathwater? It's obviously a cleaning cliche. And what the cliche is trying to tell you is that there is something inherent about value when you're cleaning. When you're cleaning, you want to keep the baby. The bath water, well, you can get rid of that. If you get rid of them both, you might as well not clean. And that is what's going on with the cleansing of our souls. That Jesus is coming to us and he is saying, you are valuable enough that I want to scrub you. You are valuable enough to me that I want to take away all of those things about you that are impurities, that have gathered upon you after, after weeks and after days or after seconds even. I want to take you and I want to clean you. I want you to be spotless and pure. And sometimes we can understand that to mean something that he doesn't mean. We can understand that to mean something bad about ourselves. We can understand that to mean, oh, well, I'm so dirty, Jesus. Please don't clean me. But Jesus says, no, 
you are dirty, but let me clean that off of you. Feel what it's like to be clean. Feel what it's like to get out of the spiritual shower, if it were, as it were. And oh, quite a bit of our reading in Second Peter here has to do with my kitchen, I think. Um, I bet you didn't know that. Yeah. Peter was prophetic. He was talking about my kitchen. He was specifically talking about my oven, which is the coolest thing in the world. Um, my oven is one of these ovens that is called a self-cleaning oven. Can't we get more self-cleaning things? Wouldn't that be great? I would love a self-cleaning bathroom. How about you? Yeah. But the way that, that my oven does its self-cleaning is, uh, is not really that it cleans itself. It's that it burns itself. What happens is when I hit the self-cleaning button on my oven, the, the, the temperature gets cranked up really high for about four hours. And during that time, I can smell hell coming out of my kitchen. There is a direct line somehow to hell that is cleaning my kitchen. But then when I open it up, it's clean. It's amazing. It's like magic. If you've never done this with a self-cleaning oven, uh, we just did it, so you're going to have to wait about four months. But come over to my house. You will see all of this baked on dirt and grime and grossness that is burned away. And when you take the stuff out, there's still a little bit of ash on there that you can wipe away and brush away. It makes you feel really good about yourself. And that is the picture that Second Peter, that Peter is giving us of what it will be like to live in a resurrected world. That it will be a world of cleanliness. A world that is no longer filled with the baked on dirt and grime that we see in our world today. The baked on dirt and grime of people who have mental illnesses and who go and shoot up people in our library, the baked on dirt and grime of racial inequality and things that happen around that, the baked on dirt and grime of just the broken relationships that are in your life, that God is promising us that there will be a day when he returns, A day when all of those things are burned away. Just like in a self-cleaning oven. And that we'll get that sense of being clean. And even better than that, today He promises to clean you early. To clean you before the cleaning. So that you can live with that great feeling of what it is to be clean. Amen.